very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. This is Naren with the Growing Dentist Podcast Show, your host. Today, I'm, I have the privilege of talking to Dr. Emily Latran. Dr. Emily Latran is somebody who is very unique among the many uh, guests I have had in the show for two reasons. One, she's an entrepreneur, CEO of Exceptional Leverage Inc. Plus, she runs two multi-specialty group practices in Southern California. But the third thing that makes her stand out in my mind is, uh, you know, she's an awesome mom. And uh, as a dad and, uh, you know, somebody who really cares about you know, the time I spend with my kids, I, 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 I kind of noticed the fact that she takes the job of a mom seriously. Dr. Latran, thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule to talk to me today. Well, good morning. Thank you, Naren. And um, I'm so honored to be invited onto the show. Um, I've been listening to your show. You're creating something very unique, very wonderful for the dental professions. And um, I'm honored to be here and I'm excited to be sharing my story and some of my business strategies. Absolutely. Let's start with your story, doctor. And of course, I want you to touch on you as a mom. So kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? You know, how did you get here? And, and um, let the people who haven't met you yet kind of get to know you a little bit. Well, thank you. You know, I was, um, I was actually born in Vietnam back in the late 60s. Um, that was right during the Vietnam War. And um, so as I grew up, I have my parents, my older brother and two younger siblings. We live in an extended family with, with my aunts and my cousins. And um, growing up, I remember seeing images of war on TV every day, even though we live in Saigon, so we were not exactly affected by the war on a day-by-day -day basis, but every night it was just watching images of war on TV. You know, there are dead people, there are bombings, um, people fleeing the villages. Um, it, it, it's a little bit haunting um, growing up as a kid and watching that every night. And then um, when I was seven years old, the communists took over, so, so life drastically changed. Um, there was a, a shortage of everything. There's, sometimes there's not enough rice to eat. Um, you get in line to buy food, just like what you see on, uh, you know, in those movies. And um, that's how I grew up my, my very early years. And a year after the communists took over, my mom passed away. So I was eight years old. Um, and so my, my dad was mom and dad to us. Um, and in 1981, which is when the um, Cambodian was having the Pol Pot over there, um, the Vietnam decided to go to war with Cambodia on the west and China on the north. And they were drafting all the young men. So my, my aunt decided to leave. She was going to take her kids out of the country. Um, she was going to take my older brother and a couple of co cousins, uh, male cousins, to leave because we didn't want them to go to the draft and my dad uh, told me that I should go with my aunt because I'm the oldest girl in the family I could be helping her so we escaped on a boat um, and that was the last time I saw my dad when I was 13 um, leaving the country in a boat I, we were one of those boat people 
And we were on the ocean for seven days. The, the first two days, we had some food. And the next five days were just sips of water. And we, we got to um, Malaysia. We ended up in a refugee camp. Uh, basically, you live in makeshift shelter. You have a given amount of food every day. You get in line every day to get some fresh water because the refugee camp was an island. And I lived there for several months. So finally, my family got interviewed and accepted to the United States as refugee. We, um, we first went to New Orleans, Louisiana, and then we moved to Riverside in Southern California. And that's basically where I grew up. I, um, I live a very modest life. Back then, you know, I, we slept on the floor because there were 10 of us sharing a two-bedroom apartment. Um, I was delivering newspaper every morning, rain or shine, uh, waking up at 5 o'clock, fold the paper at by 6, 6.30, and then out the door delivering newspaper before 7 a.m. Um, I would ride my bike to school or walk to school, whether it's rain or shine. When I went to college, I remember several years in undergrad, um, not really eating lunch. Um, didn't have enough money <laughs> to eat lunch. Uh, surviving on candy bars. So I would wake up at nine in the morning. I mean, I would <clears throat> in the morning, I would wake up and get my coffee, go to class, and I would be done with class by around three. Then I would head home and we would have dinner at five. Well, I actually finished my undergrad in three years. I was very, very determined that um, I wanted to, to finish early so I could get a good career, so I could support my family. And then I went to UCLA for dental school. I decided to do a master at the same time. So I finished my, my uh, DDS degree and my master degree together in four years. Uh, it was a master in oral biology from UCLA dental school. And so when I came out, I, I got married. I have three wonderful children. Um, my daily life would be to wake up in the morning, take the kids either to school or babysitter. I would work from nine to two. And then I take off from two to four. That's when I catch up eating lunch on the, on the fly, um, pick up the kids from school, take them either back to the babysitter or, um, you know, from, pick them up from school. They either go to the babysitter or sometimes I take them to work with me get back to work at four o'clock and work until six. Uh, and so my kids, the, the older ones anyway, they kind of grew up in the dental office. Um, they see how mom worked. And uh, you know, when we go home in the evening, I would cook dinner and we would have family time together. So um, along the way, I, wanted, I decided that I wanna help people be able to do what I do, which is to maximize their potential at work so they can do more in less time at work and to be able to spend time with the family because as you know, um, our children grow up so fast and they remember everything they see. And, and when, they, when they're young, what you wanna do is you wanna create as much memories as you can. So that's what they have surrounded them as an adult because my memory as a child is certainly different from my kids. And I want to let the other 
entrepreneur parents, um, our dental colleagues know to really live life by the moment, be very intentional about how you spend your time and your effort. And so that way, as you live your life, there will be no regrets. I want, I want people to live their life without regrets. And, and I mean about the big regrets, you know, things that I should have done, things that I could have done. That, those kind of questions, I want us to be able to answer them um, at the end of our lives or toward the end of our careers without having a lot of regrets. So it's kind of a big mission. It's kind of a personal passion. And um, that's, that's where I'm at. And, and I'm, I'm really happy to be able to share some of that with you today. Thank you, Doctor. I mean, I, I, can't, I can only imagine uh, not seeing your father after that. Um, that would have been uh, such, a, <clears throat> you know, such a blow for any, anybody, right? And uh, so, uh, but I guess, um, you know, I guess you grew from that and you became strong from that. And hopefully uh, what you learned in your early life influenced who you became and, you know, how you focus on helping others. And um, I like what you said about... Um, you know, um, not having regrets and, uh, you know, minimizing regrets and making the most of every moment and every, you know, every blessing we have, which is a day that we have that we didn't have yesterday. So, um, and, and the third thing I noticed is, um, you know, a lot of people kind of are ashamed of their past and they don't want to talk about it. I mean, uh, I mean, I like the fact that you are proud. I mean, you openly said, you know, I was one of those boat people, you know, that that takes courage, that takes guts and to acknowledge where you came from and, uh, you know, what you went through, because I guess uh, then you appreciate what you have and that makes you a better human being. So I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to kind of share your story and especially the, you know, the painful part of your story uh, with, with us today. I hope uh, it helps a lot of us realize how lucky we are to be alive and uh, have what we have and do what we do. And, uh, you know, we kind of take every day for granted sometimes. We don't appreciate things. Right. And, and I, think, I think a lot of that is perspective. Um, when, we, when we look at what we have, sometimes we think that it's not enough. But when you have the perspective, um, when you're around other people who may not be as lucky as you are, um, who have who don't have the very basic things that you do, um, then then you then you realize that you have a lot of blessings. Um, when you live your life just <coughs> within yourself, within your family, and you don't and you don't connect with the world, um, either on the professional level or on personal level, sometimes you those are the people sometimes who tend to be very unhappy, you know, because they don't think what they have is enough. Um, but when you have that bigger perspective when you know more people um, intentionally, um, then you get you you get a sense of where you are and how lucky you are. I'll give you a quick example. Um, last week I was doing a quote webinar on um, on WhatsApp. Uh, one of my friends introduced me to this particular group in Nigeria, and they wanted me to talk about high performance and. We, they don't have access to the internet um, where they can actually go online and let's say do a call like this. So we did it through WhatsApp. It was texting and putting on pictures of my slides for a whole hour. And it made me realize very humbly that 
you know, I have so much here for myself. I take the internet for granted, right? Um, the fact that we can just connect with each other, just get on the phone or get on a Zoom call easily, and then people in another continent, another country, they don't <coughs> have that luxury. Even when they want to learn and they want to learn, you know, in a virtual mode, it's challenging for them. And when, when, when you're exposed to those kind of situations, you just look at life a little bit differently and you just take in your blessings um, every day and, and you, really, you really appreciate what you have. I, I totally agree. And uh, I guess <clears throat> um, these experiences can shape us. And unfortunately, I think part of the problem right now with Facebook is that we all see the best version of each other and we think everybody else is uh, you know, always on vacation, always doing, you know, enjoying themselves when we don't really, I mean, when you get out there and meet real people and talk to real people and travel and things like that, you get to really see how lucky you are. Right. Or, you know, in my case, I wasn't even traveling. I was just right here. Um, it was during lunchtime in my dental office and I'm, and I'm going through that. And, and the fact that People are staying up at 10 p.m. in Nigeria to WhatsApp with me, <laughs> it, it, right. you know, and because that's the time that I say this is the time when I'm available, and 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 they accommodate that, and you know they, you know, to be texting for an hour is is not an, an easy task, and um, and for them to all be trying to follow me, follow my thoughts through the text, um, it takes it takes a lot of work. And I think it, it all de- it starts with who you are, being very clear in who you are. And that's what I, you put out there. Um, I know you mentioned Facebook. People who choose to put, quote, the best version of themselves out there, um, if that's the way they choose to live their life, that's great, right? Um, right? If you were to look at my Facebook, you see my kids. You see me sometimes sharing a story, you know, people are calling me the four-letter word or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, for the first time in my professional life. And then some other days I'm frustrated and some other days I'm excited. Um, I'm putting out there my, myself, like my true self. And that's very intentional and because I know exactly who I am. So I think when it all depends on who you are and what you want to put out there, because not everybody have a vacation all the time. Not everybody have a rosy life all the time. And, and, and it, you know, the bottom line, it, it really should not matter what everybody's life is. It, the, the only thing that should matter to you is your life and, um, you know, your family, your loved ones. Right. <clears throat> we talked about the word intentional, and I think many of us uh, uh, kind of live life to please others. You know, I buy this dress, so I wear that shoes because, oh, well, that's the it shoes or that's the cool thing to do, and especially... Um, Kids are affected by it, but I see adults affected by it. So most of their life, they're so busy pleasing others. Um, And I think few people who are intentional, they tend to, you know, think, go deep, find out who they are, what they want out of life. And again, it's not like a single answer. They figure out when they're five and they have the same answer till they die, but they continue to figure out that answer and continue to, you know, try to go after it. So can you talk about, your thoughts on, you know, what is intentional? I'm talking 10,000 foot. What does it mean? And, and, and uh, what have you learned? You know, of course, you have, you have been through life. You have seen 
all kinds of things from the time you were a child. So uh, what is, you know, can you expand on this topic of being intentional, doctor? Well, thank you for asking me that. Um, It's actually one of my favorite topics to to talk about having the intentions in your day and in your life. I think the very first thing for all of us, um, we'll, we'll take, We'll take an example of our colleagues, right? Our profession, the dentist. And, um, and first thing is you have to be very clear in who you are. Um, and that could be your, you yourself as a person, um, how, you know, and that's based on values, right? How you grew up. Um, let's say your, um, one of your value is, let's say it's integrity, right? and having alignment with yourself. And your intention is to be the best dentist in town. If you say you're the best dentist in town, you have to be very clear in which aspect. I I don't think we can be the best at everything. Um, You could be the best community leader. You could be the best cosmetic. You could be the best high tech kind of thing. Some, Some of that could be mixed together. But for example, for me, I want to be the best dentist in town as far as being a community leader, right? As far as giving back to the community, as far as supporting my patients in their, not just in their dental health, but in their personal life. So then you go to intention. So what do I do every day to, to position myself as that kind of a leader, as um, that kind of a dedicated professional? So I take care of my patients just like my family. And I'm sure everybody, all of us say the same thing, okay? We all take care of our patients as family. What I'm talking about is being intentional in everything you do and just kind of, just kind of keep it top of mind all the time, whether it's um, walking the patient out to the parking lot, whether it's recognize the patient on their birthday, recognizing the patient on their patient anniversary, uh, putting on an event for the patient, um, giving gifts to the patient. Um, let, the, let the patient in your life sharing what you've accomplished for the community, uh, sharing what I call gossips <laughs> in the office. It could be so-and-so is pregnant, so-and-so is retiring, uh, so-and-so is um, moving, so-and-so is graduating. Doing all of those things for me, it's very intentional because it shows the patients who I am as a clinician, um, as a business owner, as a community leader. Um, I know a lot of our colleagues do the same thing, right? But I, I want to invite them to think of it as, is it intentional? Is it every moment? Is it every day? <coughs> do your staff know that's your intention? And do they follow them? Because I will, I will tell you right now, sometimes I'm, um, I'm very spontaneous, right? So the other day I have my 92-year-old patient come in. Um, I could just be, you know, going through the appointment in a very, you know, just, just like normal. What I decided was I took out my phone and I told her we're going to do Facebook Live, right? So the, the 92-year-old, she doesn't know what that is. We're putting the phone in front of the two of us, and I'm talking to her. I'm just asking her how her day is, how her day is going, what is she planning to do for the rest of the day? And she said, well, all I'm doing today is going to the dentist, 
So, and then I'm going to go home, what are my plans, right? Um, and I could see people getting on Facebook Live and answering her, uh, you know, saying hi to her. And so the intention there is to connect her with the outside world. The intention there is to recognize her as an old-time patient. Um, the intention there is to, quote, show off to the world how caring I am as a dentist. None of that tells people that I'm a good dentist, a great dentist, the best dentist. All it shows is me as a caring person. But I'm using that very intentionally to send out a message. It's like, it's like external marketing, <laughs> you know. Um, it's, it's showing off a little bit of my personality. And at the same time, asking her for a testimonial. And all of that, I think, took, I think we took about three minutes. But it was a very intentional three minutes. And I think um, for us operating in our office, sometimes things become routine. It's just going through the motion. If you set your intention to look for the moments where you can do your quote marketing, where you can create those memories for you and the patient, because I'm sure she'll talk about being on Facebook Live with her friends and family members. Um, all of those things, it, it, it's not about planning per se. It's about always thinking and knowing what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, and whatever happened in the day. Because I certainly wasn't planning to do a Facebook Live with a 92-year-old. It wasn't a part of my schedule. But because it's always on top of mind and I'm intentional, I pick up that moment and I got that great segment on video. <clears throat> Absolutely. That's an ex excellent example, Dr. Uh, one thing I noticed about you just talking to you uh, over the last little while is um, you are very open to taking risks. I bet the WhatsApp chat you did probably that was the first time you did a presentation by texting people, you know. Yeah, I'm actually not even that good in using WhatsApp, but <laughs> if that's the only way to communicate, then right. I'm for it. <laughs> but most people I know, especially dentists, they kind of don't go out of their comfort zone, even this Facebook thing, right? Yeah, you had the intention, but you had the guts to do it, you know, and that, you know, and you're doing it with a 92 year old. So you're not dealing with somebody who's very tech savvy. So you had the guts to take a risk, put yourself out there in front of the whole world and do something that, so how, I mean, what's your advice? Because you are a dentist yourself and I, I know you know a lot of other dentists and you've helped a lot of people. So how do you help somebody, you know, is that important that that spur of the moment quality you have or is that well i think you know i'm first of all i am very blessed in having um great coaches and mentors um life had just taken me down that path back in 1990 so i graduated in 1993 and i worked for you know different offices for um 3 years i did a gpr for a year so in 1997 is when I first bought my dental office. And as soon as I bought my dental office, I was already reading a lot of books about, you know, about marketing, about business. And I started reading um, newsletter like, like the Richard Report, you know, back in 1998, 1999. <coughs> um, and then I went to uh, take CE courses on management. Um, I bought, you know, those big, VHS tape from Dr. Howard Ferran, 
you know, you're uh, learning how to do your MBA, all of, all of those. And so I've been very blessed going down that path and just learning from, from mentors and coaches. And, you know, number one is they open up your mind because they, they will challenge how you think, right? If you, if you know this is how you do this procedure from A to C, um, they're going to say, okay, skip B and do it this way, right? And you still get to C, but there's a different way to do things. There's a different way of thinking. And so I, I've been trained that way in a way. And that's what I help my clients with is to see things at a different perspective, to do things a little bit differently. Um, it's not so much about taking risks. I'm, I'm not tech savvy at all. Like if you actually sit down next to me, you will find out very soon, right? <laughs> that's what kids are for, right? I'm just going to go home and ask my kid fix this and fix that. But going back to having the intention, my intention is to capture that moment um, with a 92-year-old. My intention is to show my patient this is what I could do. You know, maybe I, I want to show off their business. I have, um, I, I, I have a, uh, an annual event called Movie Night, and I would invite my patients. I rent a whole movie theater. I invite my patients there. And before the movie starts, I actually have a couple of patients who would stand up and share their business. And to let the rest of the patients know this is my business, you can come and support me in the community, you know, for whatever business it is. It's a florist, it's a retirement plan, um, having, you know, college prep programs, that kind of thing. And it's not about being out there. It's, it's to have that thought planted to me to promote other people, to help people grow their business, grow themselves, to collaborate. Once you have those thoughts and then you set the intention, this is how I'm going to live my life. This is how... I'm going to run my business. Um, you would just see a lot of those opportunities. And then you just learn one thing at a time. It just, you know, put yourself back to when you're doing one filling and it took three hours um, in dental school. Um, my first Facebook Live, I think it was 10 seconds. Um, now I could go on for about 15 minutes. And it's not, it's not that I want to be on Facebook talking for 15 minutes. It's because I have that intention that I need to get this message out. I need to share these things with people. Then it just drive me to doing it at that level. And it's just like anything you do in your profession, <coughs> right? Um, it's like if somebody bought a laser because you want to be at the cutting edge of technology and you want to be known for the community about that, you know you got a learning curve ahead of you to be able to practice at that level. So I, I think one of the challenges that we have is we approach our work one way and then we approach our life another way. And, right. So yeah. you're saying it's not about risk-taking. It's really about, um, you know, A, starting to think differently or see things differently and then B, taking a tiny step and then that gives you the confidence to take the next step. And before well, you know it, it becomes this life habit where your intentions start giving you all kinds of ideas on how you can live that intention. Yeah, and, and I'm, I, know, I know it's a little bit risk-taking in the sense that, you know, do I want to put myself out there, right? Do, right. I want, do I want to be that open? And that go back to who you are, who you want to be, right? Because if you say, okay, I don't want to put myself out there, but I can talk about dentistry all day long, right? I can, I can open up my office. I can do a video showing people how I treat my patient. I can put 
uh, before and after pictures, right? I think all of those are risk-taking because whenever you put something out there, let's say you put a before and after photo, somebody is going to have, somebody can criticize it, right? Um, are you open for that? Right. Um, or if your main thing is, you know what, I just want to let the people outside dentistry know this can be achieved. It's, it may not be perfect, but you want them to know that this can be done and it's at your office and then come into, to, you know, to my office. Um, from a marketing standpoint, you achieve what you want is to let the word out. Um, from a, I would say, personal confidence, obviously you're confident enough to show that, you know what, you've done a pretty good job. It may not be perfect, but it's pretty good. And, and I think the, when you have a mentor or a coach who push you a little bit, right, and letting you know that, yes, you can do it, just take that one step, like nobody's going to die, <laughs> you know. The world's not going to fall apart if you put on a bad video or whatever, um, right? right? <laughs> then go ahead and take that step. And it is, it, I think for a lot of us, because I think a lot of us dentists um, tend to be very conservative in right. my my Kobe test, I happen to be a quick start, which are the people who tend to take risks. And I take all kinds of risks, which we're not open for discussion. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, so it's kind of part of my personality. What's right? your Kobe, doctor? I also did take the Kobe test. <laughs> well, uh, I'm 64, 73. So I'm a seven quick start, then a, a six back finder, a number four follow through, and a three implementer. Right, right. I'm a 3393. Oh, okay. Then you're much worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like being in the moment and taking all kinds of crazy risks. Right, right. But you know, again, what is, what is the goal? What is the intention, right? It, right. It, you, you, may, you may take that risk and you put yourself out there or um, you, you tell people your crazy idea and then you just kind of be open to, okay, it could be good, it could be bad. Like yesterday, somebody called me and say, do you want to have a TV show? And I said, no. I say, I'm not interested in being a TV host because I'm not interested in being a celebrity. I do want to get my message out there, but right. I, I don't think that's what I want. And she said, no, 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 listen to this. So she started telling me all these things because she is a partner in a, local TV station that is all over Southern California. So I said, okay, you know what? Maybe I can have this TV show, but I will put a lot of people on there as co-hosts, right? So I'm right. not the only one doing this. I put that on Facebook, and I think in a couple of hours, I have about 50 people who say that they're interested right. in doing something like that. So, you know, you don't have to be the, the one taking the risk, the whole risk. Right. Yeah, the risk is to put the idea out there. And I was waiting for somebody who say, okay, crazy Emily, really? One more thing? But, <laughs> but, but nobody said that. They were all, I'm in, I'm in, or tell me more about it. And uh, so it's just sometimes putting it out there, it's just going to validate what you're doing is good or what, what you're doing may not be a good idea. And um, it actually will help build your confidence. Right. <clears throat> no, makes, makes, makes kind of sense. Um, let's talk about teams because, you know, dentists are business owners, right? They, they run a practice, they have 
customers, they have, uh, you know, employees. I mean, they have a team. So um, how do you apply this concept of being intentional when you're dealing with your team? And how do you perhaps inspire others to be intentional? Well, um, for me, it all started out with clarity, meaning knowing who you are, what you want, and how to get what you want. So having a conversation with your team, letting them know who you are and what you want, um, will set the expectation. This is what I expect from you. This is what um, this is what the office is all about. Like I said earlier, I want to be a community leader, right? As a dentist, I want to be a community leader. I want people to know that I contribute to, to the community. Uh, I support the community. I do things for the community. Once a month, we have a free dentistry day where we uh, serve veterans and families of disadvantaged background. So when your staff know that you are about that, um, their actions should support that. And when they do something that is not in alignment with what you say is, is your goal, um, you have a conversation with them. And at the same time, you need to also know what they are all about. You know, nowadays we have a lot of millennials. Um, and I'm not talking down about millennials, but a lot of them, they don't have, they haven't, you know, they're pretty young. They don't have any, quote, vision. Um, some of them have no goals. They just want to, you know, come in and get their paycheck and party on Friday kind of thing. But if I'm able to tell them, you know, what you're doing is actually creating an impact in the, in the community because you're serving the people and you're serving so-and-so who is just like your mom and so-and-so who is just like your younger brother and planting those seeds in them to, to help people and to treat people like family. Um, if, they didn't ha- if they didn't come in with those values already, um, for me, that's, that's a great step. So creating the values that the, the staff would also, I guess you can say, buy in or believe in you, and so making that the, the practice values, that's the very first step. So they got to be on the same plane with you when you're talking about practice values, uh, practice mission, you know, practice goals. And then the next thing is to talk to them about the intention. So, for example, let's say we talk about productivity. Um, plenty of time people will tell you, yes, we were very busy, doctor. We saw all those patients. And then you say, okay, so what's your collection? What's your production? And they don't have a good number for you. So showing them the intention here is to measure your production or measure your success by metrics, by numbers. It's not about how busy you are. It's about did you actually produce the dollars because that's what's going to be measuring the practice success, right? Besides your goodwill, but a business exists to create profits for the people in it, um, you, teaching the staff to think in that sense sometimes is challenging because they are so used to, I'm going to show up for eight hours and then I get paid, and that's all that matters. Um, in this case, teaching them to track where the practice is going, where the day is going, if there's a cancellation, how much production do we lose? We need to put somebody else back in. Um, giving them a little bit of the business sense will help them become more intentional. When they go out 
and they have lunch and they talk to someone about your office, that's intentional. And that's something that you build into your team, you teach your team. Uh, I don't think anybody in general go out to lunch and just kind of talk about their work, right? They, they do small talks, they gossip. But if you go out and you talk about your business, that's something that I believe you train in. Um, I got trained in that. I've gone to several seminars when people talk about that. So I pick up the quote habit. And then now I talk more about my business. I feel more comfortable um, bragging about myself per se in, in a way that, you know, these are the values that I can, that I can provide and, you know, come on in, <coughs> find out about me. So being intentional for me is with the team is showing them or teaching them the values, um, have them understand those values, have them actually apply that when they in, you know, your business setting. Uh, with everything they do for your patient, for your client, how they answer the phone, how they take care of an angry patient. Um, for example, for me, I have no problem giving refunds. Um, you know, if the patient is not a match, just give them the refund. Why? Because we want to be a community leader. We, we, want, we want people to know that we cannot serve them <laughs> they can go somewhere else and, and get that met. Um, I have staff who come through who say, yeah, you know, where I used to work, we can never give refunds. Um, where I used to work, you know, we have, quote, fights with the patient. Um, that doesn't really go on in my office. Of course, sometimes you're going to have uh, somebody who's very unhappy. But a lot of time, if you, if you operate from really your core, who you are, and you really believe in just serving people, you just don't tend to have those kind of conflicts. Very, very interesting, doctor. I think um, you probably have a very successful practice. Can you tell a little bit about your practice? Uh, I'm curious. Well, my practice, um, it's a multi-specialty group practice. So I have uh, perio, ortho, and oral surgery. Um, I have associate doctors working with me. Um, we have, each office have uh, seven ops. So we could have, most of the time it's just one of us GP. Uh, so if I'm in one office, then the associate is in the other office. Sometime we would coincide both of us in the same office. And then, you know, the specialists come in um, once or twice, depending <coughs> on the schedule. Um, the staff are cross-trained. So they can do front and back, most of them. Um, they, all of my staff need to know how to make an appointment. All of my staff need to know how to talk to patients about money. Um, the, all of the staff have a, um, it's not so much a script, but a little description. If somebody asks about procedure, these are the things that we say. You know, these are the three main things that we say. So everybody is saying pretty much the same thing. Um, you can put your spin onto it, your twist onto it, but you know the the three basic things that we all want to uh, convey to the patient that is there. Um, I don't have a real big staff. I believe in a smaller staff and everybody doing to the max in a way. You know, everybody maximize their potential. And and I take staff to a lot of courses. I always challenge them to go to the next thing, the next level. Um, that's how I've always been 
operating. So the people who could uh, quote tolerate me, <laughs> me are the ones who are not afraid to work hard to give it 100%. They're the one that love to learn and um, they, they're the one that love challenges. Right. Because <laughs> working for you, if you're not open to challenges, it's going to be a challenge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's the very first thing that I would tell them after they have the, the after they take the Kobe test, I would tell them, I'll tell you right now, you and I, we're not going to get to get along together. You know? <laughs> if, if, if you're, if you're a fact fighter and I'm a quick start, we have a challenge right then and there. So this is what to expect. This is how to stay out of each other's way. And um, if we can do that, then we'll be okay. Right? <coughs> so I lay that, I lay that out at the very beginning. So people know who I am. Right. How did you hear about the Kobe? How did you hear it? Who did you hear it from? Um, I actually was a client of uh, the Scheduling Institute. Right. For for a couple of years. And that's where where I learned about the Kobe. And so um, I give the Kobe to my staff. Right. We can understand each other and we can support each other. Makes sense. Um, Can you talk about your company exceptional leverage inc what does it do how does it engage clients what do you do well exceptional leverage um is a coaching company that um, i founded two years ago um you know along the line working in dentistry and going to so many seminars and and gaining all that knowledge um so a couple years ago i decided that i want to share some of that knowledge with my um, with my colleagues, my my dental friends, and you know other business owners, so I got certified in high performance coaching with uh, Brendan Bouchard, and that's the focus of my coaching with the company. So um, one part is high performance coaching. We help people uh, maximize their potential, streamline their business, and increase profits so they can win back time from work and spend that time with the family, the children, and pursue their passion. So we go through coaching sessions with very clear uh, structure um, goal. So for example, uh, the session could be on clarity, could be on energy, how you sustain your energy all day long. Um, Could be on productivity, how you maximize your potential, maximize your numbers. Um, Courage, how do you have the courage to step up and do something for the first time, maybe have a conversation, a difficult conversation with a team member, a patient. Um, Influence, how do you create influence in your community? How do you influence your kids? How do you influence your spouse? Um, So that's one part of the uh, coaching. It's high performance coaching. Then there is the business consulting um, where I help people with, you know, brainstorming, applying strategies in internal marketing, external marketing, tracking metrics, um, you know, tracking your growth. It helps if you have the high performance training so you understand who you are, then you can be, you know, more successful in running your business. So I have those two kind of two separate things, but you can also do that together. And then under exceptional leverage, um, we also have the foundation. It's called the Emily Letran Foundation. Um, that's a nonprofit foundation that I set up. That's the one that um, run the free dentistry day once a month 
to have veterans and families of disadvantaged background. Um, so that's, I think that's where my calling is. <laughs> so I started out with dentistry, but I think my calling is to create that kind of global impact um, with the coaching business. So I'm practicing dentistry uh, three to four days a week, and then I'm doing my coaching uh, one full day. I also do coaching, my coaching session early in the morning or late in the evening because some of the clients are, you know, in different part of the country. Um, and uh, I part of that also is my speaking. Um, I put on events. <coughs> it's called Action to Wins. So it's about high performance and business strategies combined. Um, I speak on multiple stages. Um, then when I go out and speak, it, it's spe usually specific, specifically about productivity and influence, which I think are two keys in becoming successful, successful in any business that you're in. So my clients range from, you know, the local florist to the financial advisor to uh, <coughs> a dental colleague, uh, a dentist, orthodontist. Um, so I, I enjoy seeing different people. Um, what I, I really want to start helping a lot more dentists <coughs> because I think I, I see a lot of challenges there just, you know, just from watching my associates, you know, um, how, they, how they go through their day, how they're not setting up, you know, those clear goals, how they're not being as productive as they could be. And um, so that's one of my goals is to, to be out there helping more dentists achieving more of what they certainly are capable of achieving. That's amazing, Doctor. And uh, I think you're doing a lot of interesting things. And um, I really am glad we had the opportunity to talk to you. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, um, what's the information we should share, you know, along with the podcast? Um, they can always uh, reach me. They can go to my website, um, which is dremilyletran.com, D-R-E-M-I-L-Y. L-E-T-R-A-N. Um, they can see what I'm doing, you know, got my podcast on there, have uh, videos on there, have online courses, have events. Um, there's, a, there's a button there to um, request a strategy session. I'll be happy to get on the phone and um, we can talk about the challenges that you have and see if I may be of service. Um, they can actually... Text me on my cell phone if they like. It's 626-808-5762. Uh, and they can reach me directly on the email, um, emily at exceptionalleverage.com. <clears throat> emily at exceptionalleverage.com. Yes. Perfect. We'll put all this information as call notes. And uh, yeah, I mean, you have a podcast. Uh, how long have you been doing the podcast? Um, I think we are number 70-something. I think maybe 79. Um, right. the, the podcast is called Fast Track to High Performance. And um, I like to interview entrepreneurs on their challenges. A lot of times they will share their personal story, the challenges that they have, how they overcome it, and then share their strategies. So um, I have a variety of entrepreneurs on there and um, each one share a very unique story. Uh, some of the people that I interview are actually, um, 
our great thought leaders. Um, I got Sharon Lecter, co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad on there. Um, I got Greg Reed. He is the founder of Secret Knock. Um, I got Frank Shengwitz, the founder of Make-A-Wish. So um, yeah, this path of, of coaching has led me to some um, really influential leaders and they are, sometimes they are not in our industry. Right. <clears throat> Absolutely. And you have an event coming up, uh, is it July of next year in Costa Mesa? Um, well, no, the next event will probably be um, sometime in the first quarter of the year. I haven't, I haven't quite landed. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm attending the Delivering Wow Summit um, in Jamaica in March. And I'm thinking about maybe just doing an event right there in Jamaica. <laughs> just leveraging the time uh, that I'm already there in, in that brand new location. So uh, that is to, uh, to be arranged, but uh, people can certainly reach out to me and, and get on, you know, get into my contact list. So I will announce these things as they come up. Right. <clears throat> That's awesome. Thank you very much for your time, doctor. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Once again, everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. Thank you so much, Naren. And um, I thank everybody for listening in. And I wish everybody have a, a very productive day today. And may the floss be with you. <laughs> thank you, doctor. <laughs>